0: The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Now on the line we have James Taylor, the Associate Editor of the Surf Coast Times. James, good morning. Thank you for being with us. Hello, Mitchell. How are you? Good. It sounds like you're coming through a, a CB radio. Are you down in the field reporting?
1: Oh well, I wouldn't say I'm. I'm out, I am i would say I'm. I'm out in the field. Well, I'm out in the field, but I'm presently inside my car driving.
0: And it's uh, so okay. I
1: have you. On, it's okay. I have you on hand end through.
0: Good. You want that disclaimer? Otherwise, you'll be fined for uh, using a phone well, while right, driving. That's
1: right. That's right. I'm not sure if I want to be one of those people. I'm suddenly reminded of all those. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not even sure what, what what words you use. All those people that decided to. Run an insurrection at 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 the capital in the United States? Uh, who who also decided to film themselves doing it? Um, I think a lot of those people have been arrested now, um, mostly on the streets of them filming themselves doing it.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it's the filming that gets people into trouble using uh, social media, etc. And uh, as we found out with some people, it just takes one person filming something on Instagram and accidentally uploading it to the wrong part of Instagram, so it becomes public instead of private, and you've got a whole yep. career potentially ruined on your hands. That's
1: right. We've had some very, we've had very high-profile examples of just that very thing very recently.
0: Mm. Now, what's happening? What are you, are you driving to a press conference or something, or just, just surveilling the driving
1: for a press conference. I've just caught up with our uh, federal housing minister, Michael Sukar and liberal candidate for Karengamite, Stephanie Asher, and a building site in Armstrong Creek. Now, I would tell you what we, would, what, what, what we were just speaking about, but that would be telling. Um, so you'll have to read uh, this week's editions of, uh, of the Times newspapers to find
0: out. Oh, you're very good. Um, but I'm assuming it's some sort of housing announcement. And uh, good that Michael Sukkar is visiting because it suggests that uh, Karengamite is a seat very much within the federal government's sites absolutely
1: absolutely with libby Coke libby uh, was was uh the uh, the the redistribution of craigmont uh made they made, made the seat notionally Labour when uh, when uh, Libby Coker and Sarah Henderson went head to head at the last federal election, and Libby Coker duly converted that notional Labour lead into an actual Labour lead and to, and, and and so the seat is now hers. Um, but the margin is not enormous; it's still a it's still a marginal seat in in the, in the grand scheme of things. So yes, absolutely, this is this is still very much in play. I mean, I know Craigamore was the most marginal seat in Australia there for a while. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if it still is, but it would it'd be it'd be in there it be in the groupings, and certainly um, and certainly, the Liberals would probably consider that, it is, that they could win it back. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, they probably would think that they might have to win it back if they want to hold on to government because it would offset potential losses in other parts of uh, Australia. I would have to check. I think the most marginal seat, just looking at this now, might be Bass in Tasmania, only 0.41%. Oh, right.
1: There you go. There you go. So yeah. So yeah. This is a. I know that. I. I, I know that the election campaign hasn't been called yet. We kind of. We kind of have entered the shadow phase of election campaigning. I know. I, I know. Lindy has a. Has a pledge already on the table. Twenty million dollars towards the North Ballerina Aquatic Centre. As far as I know, Stephanie Asher hasn't made. Hasn't made any election announcements. I can. I can tell you that she didn't make any today. Um. But that doesn't mean that she won't make any today. But she has she, she didn't make any today. Just now. Uh, so, if you want to get back on the phone, Stephanie and and and, and pledge, I think mean, by all means get on the phone and and, and 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 do and do so. But um, we are on a on a wider federal sense. We are kind of just waiting to see what happens with the budget. My understanding is, if the budget is brought forward, that's a fairly clear indication of what the of what the federal government and and and, 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 and what the Morrison government wants to do in terms of an election because if they bring forward the budget that means it's going to be an election budget that means the election comes down almost immediately after that um if, if the budget doesn't move well then we well then we end up going full term
0: yeah. Um, has there been any talk about that? Because it just it's a really interesting change, I think, even just over the last few weeks or so. We've gone from things being very quiet. Yes, we've had a lot of candidates running for Corangamite, but things have still been relatively quiet. But now things do seem to be revving up, and the social media posts I even see in the Surf Coast Times, there's uh, full-page ads being run by the candidates. So that's incredible. Absolutely.
1: i um, I can't imagine that... That either Stephanie Asher or Libby Coker will 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 not be advertising in our newspapers, uh, whether it's a certain, whether it's any of the Times news newspapers between now and whenever the election day is. So I think, um, in that sense, in an advertising sense, the election is is very much on. And I know, and, and even the and um and there were some fascinating discussions around around the subject of um the Morrison government's electric vehicle policy um, over the past week or so, coming immediately after. The uh, the uh, COP conference in, in Glasgow. Um, I'm not sure if that's had any any recent any sort of local implications. I did. I uh, did come. I, I, I did go to a breakfast this morning hosted by the John of Commerce, the uh, the uh, the uh, Beyond Solar. That's and a couple of a couple of very interesting guest speakers talking about well what happens beyond solar in terms of the transition um, from, of, of Australia away from coal and towards this. And towards renewables of, of any sort, whether it's solar, whether it's wind, whether it's batteries, whatever you might want to sort of call renewable. Um, and um, the Morrison government's um, action or, 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 or perhaps lack of action was, was alluded to a couple of times.
0: Um, in terms of beyond solar, are they suggesting that we'll get to a point where uh, solar has been rolled out so extensively on every roof, rooftop that we need to then think about what to do after that? Or what do they mean by beyond solar?
1: Well, I think the idea. You know, I think the. I think um, this is obviously everyone. Everyone at this forum was happy, quite happy to push their own barrel. That's perfectly fine. People, people, people fight their own corners. But the idea. I mean, the dream. I think would be from some sectors of the market, and I'm not sure how widespread or how or, or how achievable this dream might be. But the idea would be um, that everything goes electric, and everything goes, and there's lots and lots of solar, and then you can sort of the benefits of that can sort of very easily flow onto. Flow onto, flow onto electric cars. That's kind of the big discussion that's happening um, at the moment. I know that um, I know that electric cars and, and, and sort of the role of electric cars in Australia has been sort of talked about a bit. I think from last count, and I'm happy to be corrected on the figures, there were um, there are 31 different models of electric cars being sold in Australia as of right now, which sounds pretty good. Uh, except when you compare it to somewhere like the United Kingdom, which I think has a, which I think it has 120. So so there's so there's some way to go. On that issue, but the idea that eventually I'm driving here right now, I'm a perfect example of driving here in my in my petrol fuel car. Um, I am seriously, I am actively and seriously considering getting a hybrid for my for my next car whenever whenever I come around to upgrading. It. And it's a, a, and the shift is only going to continue as um, as Andy McCarthy from um, from RICV Solar, his their his their CEO, said this morning. Anyone that thinks the transition towards electric cars isn't coming is kidding themselves.
0: Yeah, I mean, the real indication, as you suggest, it's not necessarily how many cars are for sale. It's more when you're driving out there on the roads or if you go through a car park, how many electric cars do you see? And I do see a few. I see the occasional Tesla, but I think uh, internal combustion engines are still the majority. But you're right, I think more and more people, when they are thinking of upgrading their car, are putting electric cars on the list of uh, considerations.
1: Absolutely, and it's also I think there is a there has been a bit of a shift, and, and this comes back to another discussion I had with somebody at the forum today about about the idea of solar panels. Yes, of course there's yes, of course financial benefits to having solar panels on your roof, and perhaps not the best example we're using right now as it's just started raining in Torquay as I roll up to the intersection of uh, the Surf Coast Highway and, and um, Darien Slash Grossman's Road, so that's not so great. But um, but people are people are also putting solar panels on their roof and installing batteries because it's it's the right thing to do it's the it, there's a there's there's a moral imperative and a, and, 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 and a bit of a feel-good factor, you might have been in saying, saying, "Well, everyone's going to do their own little part to sort of to, to move away, for, to, to reduce their impact on the environment in terms of emissions and in terms of how many, how many resources we consume." And solar panels kind of have, been, have been leading the way for that for a very long time. And you know, once, once electric vehicles get to that point, once there's enough of them, and once they're cheap enough, and once they have enough market penetration. And, and people are buying electric vehicles, well, not, not because there might be subsidies or, or some kind of financial intent to do so, but because people think, well, weighing up all my options, I'm going with this one because I, I think this is the right one to do. That's a, that'll be another real massive shift in the market.
0: Now, in the paper, I see you've done a bit of coverage about uh, Remembrance Day, and I'm assuming you might yeah. have. Um, well, what, what actually happened down on the surf coast? How was Remembrance Day marked?
1: Yeah, it was actually very interesting. It was the largest, I mean, obviously, over the past couple of years, uh, both last year and this year, sort of days of remembrance and days of memorial. I was trying to think of a useful sort of catch-all term to describe Anzac Day and, and 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 Remembrance Day, and I couldn't really think of one. So days of days of memorial is kind of what I'm going with. Happy to take suggestions. Feel, feel free to SMS me if you've got a better one. Um, but that sort of thing has been almost non-existent on the surf coast and probably in the wider Geelong region for pretty much the past two years. So November the 11th, which, would have, which, was, uh, was, which was last week, uh, which would have been Thursday of last week, I think, was the, um, was the first time um, the surf coast... In just just use the Surf as an example. Has been able to do that for the better part of two years because obviously ANZAC Day has been has been non-existent and and uh, and our, and our Remembrance Day last year was limited to, to to very small numbers. So they actually had a really good crowd. They had a, they had about um they had about a hundred or so people. So it, it felt it felt delightfully normal in that sense of everyone standing outside, no one's no one's no one's wearing mask. It felt like a it felt like a decent crowd and a much larger crowd than they would usually get for for. For for Remembrance Day, usually with usually with Remembrance Day, it's um, a handful of it. This is just in Torquay. I, I can't speak to the others with with, with, with a lot of them actually. Um, it's usually just sort of a a handful of people from the Torquay RSL, and there's probably maybe ten or so of those, um, and that's basically it. Um, but this year was was um, was a was a much larger crowd, and um and a much and a and a very appreciative and a, 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 and a very appreciative one too. I think I think a lot of people is to take the opportunity to sort of pay their respects in the first and and, and, uh, and uh, November the 11th of last week was the was the first chance they had to do so in a very
0: long time. Another article in the paper that caught my eye was the upgrade of the NBN, and I think some of the areas of the surf coast have been on the list. So I think they're only doing it at selected suburbs, and uh, it looks like parts of Torquay and jan might be on the list, but the upgrade would essentially be from fibre to the node to fibre to the premises, and this is probably in the wake of people's anger, I suppose, when they've upgraded to the NBN. In some cases, the speeds have been actually slower than the old ADSL 2 Plus system, and... uh, probably upgrading to fiber to the premises should fix that.
1: Another hour, but um, it is it is interesting to see that I know that I know that NBN Co is sort of rationale for for this role is so, well we're doing it for doing it for various reasons in in the places that we've chosen so far. But one of the reasons we're doing it is uh, these are these are places where we think we can make a some, some sort of some sort of commercial return. Um, so that obviously must mean it must be demand driven too. So the so the places they're choosing um, are being done because are being done firstly because well. It's NBN can NBN go can actually do it. So it's, um, feasibility is obviously a massive thing for that. sort of when, you, when you're talking about putting fibre optic cable around, you want you, uh, you obviously want it to be feasible. But obviously, um, if there's if there's if there's a lot of demand for. Um, People, uh, people calling out for better internet services a- a- and to upgrades to the higher tiers and we have the world, sort of a pr- speeds of speeds approaching one one gigabyte per second, which is which is sort of the upper end of of, of, of fibre connections. And then obviously, the and um, Co would be would be silly not to sort of facilitate that sort of market movement. And so all these people sitting and saying, "Well, if we had if we had better fibre connections in our houses, we would probably use them." Mm. And so MBN kind of says, "Well yeah okay, we can not, not only is there met, not only is there demand, it 's also feasible for us too And so, and so we 're lucky to get a bit of a rate of return on this as well. so um, better internet connections anywhere is obviously welcome i 'm um, not sure how we 're going overall. I think the, I think the uh, the MBN rollout in the Geelong region is almost is almost, is almost done if not entirely done, and there's just pro- there 's probably a few isolated pockets as was probably always go- as probably was always going to be the case, but it 's always welcome to see um, technology that you have. Uh, being upgraded to better technology,
0: absolutely, and uh, something to leave us with. What's coming up in the paper this week?
1: Uh, we've got we've got all sorts of, all sorts of stuff happening out of the, as well as um, as well as uh, uh, uh remembrance coverage. We've got a uh, we've got a bit of a preview of the um, Western Western United Melbourne victory. Um, Michael derby that'll be played out at GMHBA Stadium this coming Saturday. It'll be, it'll be two weeks of two weeks of soccer in a row at GMHBA HBA Stadium, so, so great for the soccer fans. I know that the um, the uh, the uh, Western United played, I think, in the F in the FFA Cup against the against the Newcastle. I think I think it's the Newcastle Jets on Saturday. night, just gone, and then and then they're back again. On, um, back again this coming Saturday night against the victory. So there'll be a local derby. Yep, it will be a, hopefully, hopefully a good crowd showing up. And, um, the idea of, um, local sport coming back obviously won't be like Hopefully, hopefully there's no rain this coming weekend. Um, and, uh, and, and the cricket season can finally get underway in a, in a proper sense. I know there was some women's cricket on Sunday and, and, and and we've got some photographs of that. But, um, hopefully they'll, hopefully the rain can hold up so that both the GCA and the BPCA, and obviously the BWCC, which is women's cricket, can keep going too. Um, so that'll be, that'll, that'll be another return to uh, normality, sort of um, ovals, ovals full of community sport and cricketers.
0: But we were just talking about that uh, Western United match on the program yesterday during the sports segment, and I don't know what the policies are around sport at the moment. How many people can they actually have at GMHBA Stadium? Is there a, a cap? I mean, how does it all work?
1: Yeah, there's almost, there's almost certainly a cap. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Um, it's probably... Um, it's going on a percentage basis or on a, on a density per square metre basis, as is I mean, it uh, probably is very whether we're at the 80% target, which i the double said, or we are... The, the 90% target. I know that... Yesterday...
0: Well, oh, I think we're you're cutting
1: um, almost certainly higher today. Um, yep, I think the original target was um, uh, the original target to hit that figure was the 24th of November, yes. and then it was brought forward to the and then it was brought forward to the 17th, and then it said and then it said, well, no, it, it, it's the 24th, but sooner than that. So at some point between now and the 24th of November, I mean, I was I was quietly crossing my fingers that that um, that it would be that 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 that, that we would knock it over either today or tomorrow as we get into this that, that paper. I don't think, there's, I don't think that that's going to happen unless there's, a, unless there's a sudden rush of 3% of people who vaccinated. Um, I hope that they do. Um, I really hope they do, and I would certainly encourage anyone out there who hasn't been vaccinated to, to please just roll up your arms and do it. Mm. Um, but uh, things are certainly heading in the right direction.
0: Well, thanks for being on the program and uh, talk to you again in two weeks' son. Thanks, Mitchell. Thank you very much, James Taylor there, the Associate Editor of the South Coast Times.